You're listening to Kyle Warren. Well, here it is, folks, a brand new year, January the 4th, 2021. Boy, it feels good not to say 2020 anymore, I'll tell you that much. But we are here, it is Monday, we're kicking off a great new week of broadcasting, we have a lot to talk about. I hope that you had a great and safe New Year's celebration I know it was a little subdued, but we're hoping that it's going to be better next year, but hopefully better a lot sooner than then. But we do have some info to tell you about, about this variant that's making its way out there. Stay with us, folks. All right. Welcome everyone around the globe and across the net. Kyle Warren with you and a great pleasure to be with you as we race into and rocket into this Monday edition of the program. Monday, January the 4th, 2021. And uh, it is exciting. It's finally here. It's the it's the time where we're turning the page. No, not turning the page Joe Biden style, not talking about that, but talking about turning the page from a year that has been so rough or had been so rough for so many, uh, you know, people have lost loved ones, uh, the businesses have been shuttered altogether, or they are still literally hanging on the uh, by a thread, basically. And so 2021, I think, is going to offer a lot of new promise. We are going to continue and we're going to persevere. It is going to be, I think, despite the election stuff, despite all that, I think and I hope personally for everybody uh, that 2021 is is going to be a very, very good year, uh, a new time of renewal, change and um, and just uh, things falling into place for you. Absolutely. So we're going to carry over those good wishes that people typically have right before the start of the new year. We're carrying them over right into this program today. And welcome to everybody joining us. Welcome to everybody around the country, around the world that are tuning into the show. Really appreciate it and of course quick program note i will be a guest later on this evening on the captain's america third watch radio program with host captain matt bruce of course along the salem media group of stations also along the gcn network as well simply go to kylewarrenshow.com that's kylewarrenshow.com and there you can uh, find the links to listen live to captain matt bruce's flagship station of am860 the answer there in tampa florida and it all starts at 11 5 p.m. Pacific, 2.05 a.m. Eastern Time. And once again, hope to see you there. The captain and I will have a complete wrap-up, of course, of all of the day's political news. And there's a lot of news, obviously, going on. And as the captain said yesterday or earlier this morning, depending on your time zone, the next three days are going to have some of the most, you know, explosive news breaking items. I think that we've seen uh, for for quite some time. We've got the election tomorrow on Tuesday in Georgia. Then, of course, we have the um, electoral college uh, uh, issue going on in the United States Congress. And we have a quote from uh, Vice President Pence. We'll play here for you in just a moment. 
But this is going to be absolutely uh, uh, mind-bending, I think, uh, this week. And we're going to be here for it. We're going to be with you uh, through it. And I hope that you can join us, of course, live on the radio later on tonight with Captain Matt Bruce. Um, Okay, so let's see here. Well, before we get to all the political stuff, Let's take a look here. Uh, let's see. I had it. I had it up right before we were went to on the program here. But here, I think we're going to find it. Here we go. Stimulus payments from new coronavirus relief bill now rolling out. Those are the direct deposits, mainly, of course, and the checks. Uh, should be coming out uh, if they haven't already been sent, uh, at least coming to you in the mail now that the mail starts back up in the new year. Um, enhanced, this is from, uh, well, this is from MSN via Eater. Uh, enhanced jobless aid and stimulus checks should already be hitting the bank accounts of New Yorkers. Uh, a boon to the city's 100,000 plus unemployed hospitality workers and scores, <coughs> pardon me, folks, of other staffers suffering from reduced hours, lower tips, and the ban on indoor dining. Those benefits, however, are arriving in much smaller amounts than last spring, calling into question the to the extent to which that aid will be able to stave off further poverty and economic hardship. Now, in New York, they say they will start issuing $300 supplemental jobless checks this week, Governor Andrew Cuomo said on December 29th, serving as a modest bonus to bare-bones state benefits that furloughed cooks, servers, bartenders, and have that uh, they have been subsisting on. Uh, the U.S. Treasury Department in turn tweeted last week that it had begun to mail $600 economic impact payments, colloquially known as stimulus checks, to taxpayers. Now, of course, proof is going to be in the pudding on Tuesday for Georgia. And uh, we're going to see exactly what happens if the uh, refusal by the GOP in the Senate, namely Mitch McConnell, uh, to either have uh, a vote uh, with the with the bill to increase, you know, and as the president had uh, requested, or even a standalone bill to make the increase uh, from um, six hundred to two thousand dollars, or even a counter. There was no, you know, it's kind of like on Deal or No Deal where they can make a counter offer. There wasn't even a counter offer. Evidently, uh, they could have counter offered at fifteen hundred or eighteen hundred, whatever the case may be but the and again not trying to be making fun of the situation at all because it's incredibly incredibly uh serious for so many of these people you saw that number i uh, just heard the number rather in this article a hundred thousand plus unemployed hospitality workers and scores of other staffers who have reduced hours lower tips or no tips because there are no customers and a ban on indoor dining it's it's way out of control um, and of course, the idea that without the increased payments that in, in, in the grand sense, maybe aren't all that big of an increase. So why was it so hard to even have it come to a vote? In fact, it never came to a vote, obviously, in the Senate. Well, how is that going to play in Georgia? We're going to see, I think. Now, of course, there's almost three million and maybe more. Uh, a little bit more, maybe, of uh, early ballots already cast in the Georgia runoff elections. And so it may come down to voter turnout by Republican voters 
tomorrow on Tuesday. So it is so very, very important. And when we come back, we'll hear uh, hear that uh, audio quote from Vice President Pence about that and also talking about what's happening in the Congress on January 6th. Kyle Warren. If you're a veteran looking to file for your service-connected benefits through the Department of Veterans Affairs, don't go it alone. AMVET's highly trained service officers stand ready to walk you through the process at VA regional offices around the country, helping you to navigate the complex VA system free of charge. With new presumptions for Agent Orange exposure and other conditions, AMVETS can offer you the advice you need to finally receive all of your earned benefits. In 2009 alone, AMVETS helped process more than 65,000 claims and appeals, securing more than $410 million in benefits. To find your nearest AMVETS service officer or to learn more, visit AmVets.org. Hey, I'm going out to buy those shelves for the closet. Oh, will you pick up 800 lumen bulbs? Honey, I love you, but 800 more flowers? You'll give the neighbors a real reason to think we're wacky. <laughs> Not flower bulbs, light bulbs. Come on, Dad. Lumens tell you how bright a bulb is. Our 60-watt bulbs give off about 800 lumens. We can replace them with new 800 lumen bulbs. Bulbs just as bright that use much less energy. So, we'll save money. Yes, and we can use that money to increase my allowance. Right. <laughs> Wise guy. Worth a try. So, you got that? Got it. No tulips, no watts, 800 lumens, and more savings. He got it. Lumens, the new way to shop for light. Learn more at energysavers.gov. That's energysavers.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Energy. After a long, hard day in the rough-and-tumble world of politics, open a tall, cool Kyle Warren show. Ah, that crisp, refreshing taste. That smooth style. That effervescing attitude. And without all that other stuff that can, well, bog you down. Helping to put back what the daily media assault takes away, listen to The Kyle Warren Show weekdays right here on this station and visit the website at kylewarrenshow.com. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook. Class is in session with the professor of politics, Kyle Warren. Yes, it is. And thank you very much, Mr. Ron Edwards. We're going to hear from Ron here in just a little bit with an Edwards Notebook, of course. And uh, folks, don't forget, you can go to kylewarrenshow.com. There you're going to find links to find me on Facebook, Twitter. You can also subscribe to the program. And what better New Year's resolution could there be than to subscribe to the program? Uh, We're trying to get a lot more subscribers this month. We're making a drive for that. And, of course, we're on Parlor as well, at Kyle Warren Show. And we keep going up and up and up, folks, just like the music is doing right there. And uh, that's all because of you. Uh, That's all because of you, the listeners, people who are subscribing, sharing the program on social media, um, also checking in, letting me know where you're listening from, uh, sending me messages, uh, so forth. And, And all of you, by the way, who are checking out the Captain's America 
Third Watch radio program, uh, where I'm a regular contributor, of course, and uh, so we I appreciate that, uh, and uh, it's gr- good to hear from you on that show and hear from folks from that show on this show. It's great, and uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, again, can't thank you enough as we start 2021, uh, again, with a lot of hope and a lot of tenacity and a lot of um uh, well, just uh, daring do, as, as the case may be. Uh, but once again, welcome back to the uh, program, everybody. Um, as I mentioned, uh, Vice President Mike Pence, of course, um, is going to be um, presiding over the electoral uh, vote submission, basically, in Congress on, on January the 6th. And that's the day after, of course, the election in Georgia. So, so many things, as I said, happening this week. Now, Vice President Pence was in Georgia, of course, uh, at a rally, uh, and uh, he had this to say about getting out to vote and then also about what's happening on Wednesday in the, uh, in the joint session of Congress that he will preside over. Let's take a listen. If you're heading out tomorrow, friends don't let friends vote alone. Bring a family member, bring a neighbor, and vote to send David Perdue and Kelly Leffler back to Washington, D.C. You know, I know we all, we all got our doubts about the last election. And I want to assure you, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. But tomorrow is Georgia's day. So for our faith, for our freedom, we need you to vote, Georgia. Vote to send David Perdue and Kelly Leffler back to the United States Senate. And there you have uh, Vice President Mike Pence, of course. Very, very um, uh, important message, obviously. Number one, about the uh, election in Georgia. The election in Georgia is important, perhaps, as no other senatorial election has been for, well, ever, perhaps. Uh, But certainly right now, with the stakes as high as they are, folks, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where Georgians are going to literally make or break how we are going to move forward over the next four years. And I'll get to the election issue here in just a moment, the general election, the the Trump versus uh, Biden issue. But in this particular case, given that, or just making the assumption at this point, or going with the premise, if if you will, that, that Joe Biden will be inaugurated on January the 20th, the only way to keep Joe Biden and Chucky Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and AOC and all of the craziness, the only way to keep that in check for the hardworking people, not only of Georgia, but of the rest of the country, is to make sure that Joe Biden that there, uh, the, gets a firewall, basically runs into a firewall in the United States Senate. That Joe Biden or even a Kamala Harris 
perhaps again and you know we don't know about joe biden's medical conditions he may step down at some point this is not a new thing in in the sense of anticipating anything like that uh but if that does in fact happen because of of joe biden's whatever it is that he's suffering from no matter who the president is of uh, a democrat president you need to have that firewall there and it is entirely entirely doable and i think it is going to come down to having the uh, uh the voter turnout uh, and just have it be massive on tuesday as i said we know that there's been some three million or so uh, early ballots already cast and um a lot and a lot of times that favors of course uh the democrats uh, but in this case, it's it, we're going to have to find uh, that we're going to have a huge turnout in order to counter all of that and try to compensate not only for the early voting, but also compensate for any other shenanigans, because it's, you know, it's blatantly obvious there are all kinds of shenanigans. Uh, there were all kinds of shenanigans, of course, in the general election. And what I think is really, really gripping for so many people is that the Democrat Party officials seem to understand that that's exactly what happened. Um, and it's it's really, you know, because we hear all this now from, from Joe Biden. It's time to turn the page. It's time to unite. It's time to, you know, move forward, et cetera, et cetera. But all the while, with, with this huge elephant in the room, and it's this, all these, uh, all the, the election fraud, now, oh, well, these are baseless, unfounded claims. Well, they haven't been adjudicated in a court of law. That's true. And uh, the Supreme Court did not want to hear the case that was brought to it. That's true. But the average person looking at the videotape, listening to the eyewitness testimony, which under any other circumstances would 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 be viable in terms of getting a case heard in court now for whatever reason the judges aren't hearing it at all these different levels they i personally think they don't want to get involved um the supreme court rejected because oh texas doesn't have standing well i think that's arguable uh that it does have standing but it's interesting that that particular thing was based on really what amounts to a procedural problem um, which is a legal maneuver. Um, but honestly, if this was being heard fairly in the uh, in a court, if it was in fact being talked about on television, uh, we might be seeing a very different outcome to all of this in terms of the of the narrative of the critical mass factor that would be uh, that would be happening. Because again, and I don't want to. Oh, here comes a Joe Bidenism. Don't want to sound like a broken record but again if this was joe biden saying the donald trump stole this election from me here's the video evidence here's the affidavits that we found from hundreds of people uh this is what happened they 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 put out the uh democrat poll watchers they put up cardboard and they and then they injected hundreds of thousands of votes in the middle of the night uh they ran them through these machines they were connected to the internet uh, and on and on it would go then everybody all the tv people George Stephanopoulos and uh, the people on the view and all the everybody would just be going 100% bonkers 
100% of the time, screaming bloody murder that our democracy had been stolen. But if you notice, and this is where, and, and this is where I think the Democrat Party officials are really, really um, going to, I think, get a real lesson, and that is everybody knows what's going on, um, and they are not looking to the Democrat Party officials and saying, oh, just lead us. Yes, yes, we believe you. Yes, we're so glad Joe Biden won the election because now it's all going to be better. We're finally going to get back into the Iran deal. We're finally going to get back in the Paris Accords. We're finally going to stop being energy independent in this country. And we're finally going to shut down the virus. And you know, nobody believes any, nobody I know believes any of this stuff. Because, again, they saw, they saw what happened. And it's a terrible, terrible commentary of where we're at, as I said the other day, uh, especially with the idea that, well, if you do account for the, um, for the, uh, uh, the fraud and you do account for all that, um, and then you are able to show that these votes are invalid because they were run through the machine 10 times or stuff like that, well, then you're going to have violence in the streets. And here we go. If we are going to be literally driven by the fact that, well, we'll see, we'll see a, a hundredfold of what happened over the summer if it doesn't go the way of the Democrats. That's scary stuff, my friends. It's really scary stuff. But you just heard Vice President Pence say, we're going to hear the evidence. It's going to be presented. Where it goes from there, folks, anybody's guess. But we're going to be watching and see what happens on Wednesday. Stay right there. We're You're back after this. Kyle Warren. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. A short time out, then back with more. So stay right there. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. Stay tuned for the Edwards Notebook right here on the Kyle Warren Show. Both Joe Biden and Dr. Anthony Fauci have stated that we would experience a dark winter. They were referring to a second round of Corona China virus. Hello, I'm... Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, initially when both Dr. Fauci and Biden proclaimed a dark winter of more Corona China virus misery, it wasn't understood that the Corona China virus wasn't exactly mutating or weakening like most real viruses do, but instead continued to spread without any mutation and weakening, which usually occurs with natural viruses. I find it ironic that Great Britain which has been trying to free itself from the clutches of the European Union, while the United States, via the Trump administration, has been battling against the numerous undermining elements of the globalist deep state, are both reeling from the predicted resurgence of the Corona China virus. Leftist politicians throughout both Great Britain and the United States have used the scandemic to restrict business activity to the point of destroying the middle class and to also shutter Jewish and Christian houses of worship. We've got to stop this, my fellow Americans. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Oh, 
All right. Welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back as we continue racing through and rocketing through this Monday edition of the program. Glad that you're with us today. And uh, we have so much more uh, to tell you about. Um, Okay, let's take a look here real quick. Uh, This is uh, from Reuters. And this has to do with new lockdowns happening in England. Uh, Dateline London, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson on Monday ordered England into a new national lockdown to contain a surge in COVID-19 cases that threatens to overwhelm parts of the health system before a vaccine program reaches a critical mass. The announcement came just hours after the government hailed Britain's success in becoming the first country to begin rolling out the vaccine developed by Oxford University and AstraZeneca against COVID-19. Johnson said a new, more contagious variant of the coronavirus first identified in the United, in the United Kingdom is now present in many other countries, um, uh, was spreading at a great speed and immediate action was needed to slow it down. As I speak to you tonight, our hospitals are under more pressure from COVID than any time since the start of the pandemic. Johnson said in a televised address to the country with most of the country already under extreme measures. It's clear that we need to do more together to bring this new variant under control. He said we must therefore go into national lockdown, which is tough enough to contain this variant. That means the government is once again instructing you. There's there's instructing you to stay at home. Unquote. Non-essential shops and hospitality would have to remain closed while primary and secondary schools will would close from Tuesday for all pupils except vulnerable children and those whose parents are key workers. Johnson said the disruption meant that it would not be possible for all exams to go ahead this summer, the second academic year in a row in which the pandemic has played havoc with pupils' education and future plans. Johnson said that if the vaccine rollout went as planned and the number of deaths responded to the lockdown uh, measures as expected, it should be possible to start moving out of lockdown by the middle of February. Six more weeks, essentially, uh, until you get to the middle of February. Um, However, he urged caution about the timetable and appealed to everyone to comply with the rules. Britain's economy suffered a historic crash of nearly 20% in the April to June period of 2020 as swaths of businesses were shuttered by the first lockdown. The new measures, which allow companies such as construction firms to remain open, could cost about 10% of economic output for as long as they last, uh, said Julian Jessup, a fellow at the Institute of Economic Affairs, a think tank. All right. So now that is happening there, and that is not good news for our friends in Great Britain. Uh, And I can't imagine uh, how they must be feeling. Obviously, it's a very serious thing. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, though, if you've already had so many businesses literally uh, 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 go go out of business, um, but you're also having, again, this effect on education and so forth, it's interesting that, again, now we're going to see even harsher measures And, you know, and and again, I think everybody wants to be safe. Nobody wants there to be these major problems, right? 
for uh, for uh, uh, for their neighbors, their family members, or whomever. Everybody wants to be safe. Everybody is happy to take measures, uh, safety protocols, social distancing, all these things, um, you know, in order to to make sure that they're doing what appears to be the right thing to do. But at the same time, though, I think it's a fair question to ask where, you know, in other words, how effective are these massive lockdown measures? Uh, How effective are they? Are they are they worse in terms of affecting people's lives? And of course, you see, but we know so much more about the the um, uh, the virus nowadays. Right. We know so much more about it. We understand it in the sense that we understand the vulnerable people in our society, the underlying conditions, elderly um, and, and others that may have a much uh, greater risk if they were to contract COVID-19. So again, it always goes back to the same thing. And that is, is there a way for our economy to run, for our businesses to run, for our society to interact and continue on with some sense of normalcy under the COVID-19 specter? That's, that is a good question. And I think what happens is a lot of, is the governments may simply believe that harsher lockdowns are going to be the answer but again, um, I'm I'm very uh, skeptical of that. Now, of course, they're they're going to enforce it. There's no no doubt about that as well. But the, the again, the question is, does this really have uh, the the desired effect? Um, and and as in other words, if it was compared to the uh, you know very uh, strict social distancing, masking stuff like that. Is, is the effect the same? Is it significantly different? I, I, that's a very good question. Um, of course, here in California, we've, we're continuing with the stay-at-home order. That is going to be well, essentially indefinitely. And the reason it's indefinite is because they're looking for these uh, percentages in hospital beds, ICUs, and so forth. So that's nothing. That's something you necessarily can put a time limit on and say, you're locked down for another three weeks or four weeks or 10 weeks. It's until these percentages improve. And so that's open-ended. So right now, it's I've, I've heard it's like a three-week extension from what we had from December the 28th. Uh, but now it's really it's really indefinite. So it's not three weeks and it's over. It's, it's over when they tell you it's over, I guess. But now, compare that to this, because what's happening in South Africa, for example, with this new coronavirus variant, um, this again, the questions are now coming up with what about the vaccine? Does this have anything? Does this cover this? Does this account for this? What can we expect? Well, this from CBS News. Dateline Johannesburg in South Africa. The new coronavirus variant identified in South Africa poses even more of a risk than the strain discovered several weeks ago in in England. Britain's top health official warned on Monday. His alarm came as scientists warned that the new strain sweeping through South African coastal communities could be resistant to the COVID-19 vaccines approved or waiting for approval in the U.S. and Europe. Quote, I'm incredibly worried about the South African variant, Health Secretary Matt Hancock told BBC Radio. This is a very, very significant problem. It's even more of a problem than the new UK or the or than the the UK new variant. So evidently there's different variants now. 
not just that because the uk variant was also discovered at least with at least two confirmed cases at last i heard is probably more by now uh, here in the united states and of course the initial response was hey we've got uh the or the the vaccine is going to likely take take this into account it's likely going to be effective for this and at the time i was a little bit skeptical about that not because i want to be but because it just seems it it, it was it something doesn't seem right about this and unfortunately it seems like we're now hearing this notion that well it may not be it may not be effective against this and that's something that is going to be incredibly difficult because if we now have a vaccine against COVID-19 prime, you know, for lack of a better expression, it's not I'm not trying to be scientific here in that sense, but, but against the original COVID-19, whatever that is, but now you have the variants and if they go outside the scope of this vaccine that was developed under Operation Warp Speed, well, that tells me that we're right back to square one. That tells me that we're not going to get reopened anytime soon on a large scale. That tells me more lockdowns. That tells me more restrictions. That tells me a lot more of the same. And I just don't know, folks, how people are going to uh, react to all this. But no matter what, come what may, and I think this is important for everybody to understand, come what may, you have to stay strong and if that means calling your friends or family members commiserating about this but draw strength from one another uh we're drawing strength from the lord to get this through get us through this basically no matter what it is you know we are going to persevere america is going to persevere through this Back to the article, as the first doses of the Oxford University and AstraZeneca vaccine outside medical trials were administered at an Oxford hospital on Monday, senior Oxford immunologist Professor John Bell, who helped create the prestigious university's vaccine, said there was, quote, a big question mark over whether the current versions of the vaccines would work on the South African variant. Okay, so this again and unfortunately, now I'm all for the scientific aspect of this, but what worries me is the political aspect. If you're going to find that a Biden administration or other governments or state or local governments will seize on these kinds of things. And so, again, this is where the science is really going to be important. Stay right there. You're listening to Kyle Warren. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh. Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. Hey, John, I just heard you got a new computer. Congratulations. Thanks. It's the coolest thing. What will you do with your old computer? I don't know. I guess I'll just throw it away. Well, my company just bought new computers, and we decided to donate the old PCs to a place that gives them to local schools. You could do something like that. Seriously, who would want a three-year-old computer? Hey, it might be great for someone else. 
Computers can be refurbished and reused instead of ending up in the trash. By passing it on, you can help the community and the environment. If you're replacing your company's IT equipment or you're finished using your personal computer, pass it on to a local organization that accepts computers. To learn more, log on to epa.gov slash pass it on. This message was brought to you by EPA, Dell, Intel, HP, NEC, Philips, and this radio station on behalf of EPA's plug-in to e-cycling partnership. EPA does not endorse any commercial services or products of these groups. For information on all partners, log on to epa.gov slash plug-in. In sports, five games were featured in Hockey Action last week. Every year, millions of people rely on portable generators when they lose access to electricity. But some of them don't understand that a portable generator's carbon monoxide emissions can kill if their generators are used indoors. So we're here to clear the air. Always take your generator outside, away from windows and doors. When you take it outside, you distance yourself from the dangers of carbon monoxide. For more safety tips, visit TakeYourGeneratorOutside.com. Have you saved a life today? We organize a blood drive at our school. My blood type is O. They really need that. Have you saved a life today? I have cancer, but I make sure all my friends know how important it is to give blood. My blood helps heart patients or accident victims. Have you saved a life today? No, but today, someone's blood saved my son. The American Red Cross. Call 1-800-GIVE-LIFE. I'm Ron Edwards, host of The Edwards Notebook, and you're being schooled by Kyle Warren, the professor of politics. Yes, that's right, and thank you so much once again, Mr. Ron Edwards, host of The Edwards Notebook, that wonderful liner. And we do have so much more to tell you about on the program today as we race through and rocket through. And once again, don't forget... You can find me on Parlor at Kyle Warren Show. That's at Kyle Warren Show. Just head on over to Parlor. We got uh, links there on the um, website, kylewarrenshow.com. And don't forget, you can also subscribe to the program as well. And it's a great New Year's resolution. Uh, check that one right off the list. Subscribe to the Kyle Warren Show. And uh, we sure do appreciate it. And uh, you can go to kylewarrenshow.com. You can also go to our podcast home, which is kylewarrenshow.podbean.com. That's kylewarrenshow.podbean.com. And welcome to everybody listening on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, Podcast Republic, CastBox, and uh, others as as well and uh, hope that uh, and also people listening on podbean directly from podbean as well so we're glad to have you with us uh, from all over the country uh from texas uh from florida from michigan uh from colorado uh from north and south dakota oregon and uh, all over the place massachusetts as well uh so we're glad to hear from you glad to know that you're out there and uh glad to uh Glad to be a part of your day. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's let's listen in here real quick. I want you to hear a clip real quick here from uh, uh, Kamala Harris. She also was campaigning, I believe, uh, and uh, she had some things to say about the the big Trump phone call. You know, the the latest. It's the latest thing 
right? It's the latest phone call about Donald Trump, and and he said this, and and uh, can you imagine that? Of course, with a phone call like this, it's the uh, Georgia phone call that was released on Saturday by the Washington Post. Um, uh, we've got an interesting article about it, but I want you to hear Kamala Harris first as she uh, begins to talk about it. Um, because the Democrat Party officials, they're seizing upon another Donald Trump phone call. And you better believe that if he if he was uh, if he doesn't pull this out, basically, um, they would try to impeach him on this, too, because they just can't help themselves. It's And it's not funny, but it's 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 kind of tragically humorous to some degree, just to, because they just can't stop. They, they literally cannot stop and they can't stop talking about Donald Trump. They just can't do it. And 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 even the news media people, the TV people, they're they're, they're not going to stop talking about Trump anytime soon. I think they're going to be bored to tears trying every day to be just stenographers for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris because that's their job. And I think it's been explained to them now. I, I really do. I think there's they've, they've got the memo somewhere. That simply says, your life as you knew it is over. You're not going to sit there criticizing and coming up with questions and stuff like that. You're going to be stenographers. This is your job title now. That's pretty much what they're going to be. But let's listen to Kamala Harris talking about the bold, bold face, bold abuse of power by Donald Trump. Let's let's listen in. Have y'all heard about that recorded conversation? Well, it was, yes, certainly the voice of desperation. Most certainly that. And it was a bald, bald-faced, bold abuse of power by the President of the United States. Aha. Well, there... <laughs> I got to tell you, I mean, after a while, I don't know, it's, it's, I, I got to tell you, Kamala Harris, she's just not effective as, you know, I don't know if she's supposed to, this is really, oh man, it's a big deal. Well, it's, of course, she's talking about this phone call, which was a bold abuse of power. I think the, I think she was, she was looking for the word bold there, but finally she got it, I guess. But, but, you know, it's, again, it's this constant harping on on trump stuff you know and if 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 anything hey you know they just they won the election right uh it, you know nobody's really investigating the fraud right so they're all home free right well why keep talking about trump well this from newsmax the washington post on sunday released an audio of a saturday phone call between president donald trump and georgia secretary of state brad raffsenberger in which the two can be heard discussing election results. Now, the headline of the story says Trump Georgia transcript shows case for vote fraud. President acted properly. The Post, the Washington Post, initially released snippets of the hour long call in which Trump can be heard discussing election results with Raffsenberger and his lawyer, Ryan Germany. Also joining the call was White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and Trump campaign lawyer Cleta Mitchell. Trump lays out numerous examples of double voting, dead people voting, and other ballot irregularities and anomalies. Raffsenberger 
and Germany countered Trump's assertions largely with simple claims that the matters Trump raised have been investigated. Trump insists he won Georgia's presidential November election on November 3rd and claims widespread fraud uh, deprived him of that victory. The Washington Post claimed that in his talk with Raffsenberger, um, Trump repeatedly urged him to alter the outcome of the presidential vote in the state. This claim is false, says the article. The transcript of the call shows Trump demanding an honest accounting of the ballots, which he said would give him more than 11,000 votes. Okay, so this is, again, pretty, pretty important. I don't know if this is a bald, a bald faced, bold abuse of power by the president of the United States. It, It just doesn't seem like that's where this is all headed, especially if you're talking about the idea that people that voted uh, or rather wanted to go vote and showed up to vote that somebody had already voted for them. In fact, this is one of the excerpts. Let's see. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Yes. He says here, uh, well, we've had hundreds of thousands of ballots that were able to actually will get you a pretty accurate number. You don't need much of a number because the number that Uh, rather you don't need much of a number because the number that in theory I lost by the margin would be 11,779. But you also have a substantial number of people, thousands and thousands who went to the voting place on November 3rd. We're told they couldn't vote. We're told they couldn't vote because a ballot had been put in their name. And you know, that's very, 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 very sad. He says, so again, That's not asking somebody to alter the election. It's asking somebody to investigate. Again, it's kind of like if if there is a bank robbery and the bank robbers came in and made off with all the cash in the vault and you're coming in and you're saying, well, this is how they did it. This is what they this is what they took. And we got to get the money back and all this. But then somebody would pop up and say, but, you know, what you're really suggesting here. What you're really suggesting here is to alter the outcome of a bank robbery. Uh, I mean, and everybody would say, well, that's ridiculous. You, you would never say that because it seems so stupid. But again, you know, these aren't these aren't bald, bald faced, bold abuses of power. Right. And um, and if dead people voted in the sense that somebody voted in their name or if other people voted, if you showed up to the uh, polling place and suddenly they said, I'm sorry, you've already voted. Well, you would know if you already voted or not. I mean, that in and of itself seems to me to be a I mean, and again, if this was Joe Biden and Joe Biden voters showed up and they said, oh, no, I'm sorry, you already voted. <laughs> you probably voted for Trump. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> go home. The TV people, this they, they'd preempt everything. Everything would be preempted as a result of this. And they would say, this stealing of our democracy will not stand. It would be just that simple. It would be everywhere on television every night forever until finally it would, every single last vote that was fraudulently cast or cast for somebody else until everything was done. That's exactly what would be happening. The sadness here is that in our in our country now, we're not 
uh, actually going to go to the wall, go to the mat, and make sure it's all right before we move ahead. And I think that's all people are asking for, you know. And um, I think if Joe Biden won the election, I think people will just move on. If but if they if all these things are just poo pooed, they're not investigated. Well, it makes it a lot more difficult for people. Okay, folks, thanks for listening today. We have a little bit of change in timing here on the program. We hope that you like it. We will see you right back here tomorrow and on the radio tonight. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Take care out there.